Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. I'm Christy. This is Josh. And we talk about every Prince album, the highs, lows, and a time capsule every other week. We are in the middle of a series right now. We're looking at the three-disc set of Lotus Flower. Last time we did the Lotus Flower album album proper and this week we're looking at MPL Sound or Minneapolis Sound and we're just super excited to be talking about this really fun R&B album. Yeah, very yeah. different than the first disc in the set. Definitely. This is kind of a completely opposite direction and all music that was recorded new for this album as opposed to the first disc which was more guitar-centric and was a mixture of newly recorded stuff and kind of leftovers that were hanging around from the 3121 era. Yeah, which was super fun, but Mm -hmm. it's also really fun to hear like Prince at 2009, just what he was thinking about, what was on his mind. We get to hear a lot about this. This It's good stuff. This is what we know about the album. We believe it was primarily recorded in 2008 and 2009, as you said. There were no singles released, um, just as with Lotus Flower with this whole set. There weren't any singles released, but there was a video for Chocolate Box. There was, yes. There was. And everything... All instruments, all voices, everything on this album are Prince, except for the rap by Q-Tip on Chocolate Box. That's right. Leave it to Q-Tip. He made a guest appearance and everything else is Prince vocals, Prince music, Prince programming, using Pro Tools. The story was he had a challenge from someone that he needed to check out Avid Pro Tools and learn how to use it and see if he could make an album using it as an editing tool. And that's exactly what he sat down and did. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yes. Um, you said there were no singles. There were some remixes, though, uh, okay. for Dance For Me, okay. uh, which are actually av- available on streaming services and on the iTunes store. Um, so while it wasn't a single, there were some additional material, I guess you could say, that was released with some of the songs on, okay. on, the, on the album. Great. Super fun. All right. I don't have anything else. to. Oh, I guess we could look at the picture. Uh, the, we can look at the picture. We can look at the picture. We can look at the image that's that's for this particular album. Is right. that better? <laughs> <laughs> we can. Welcome to our podcast where we look at pictures. <laughs> it's going to be thrilling for you, the listener. <laughs> yeah, the album cover for this is same sort of design as Lotus Flower, only this is definitely more conceptual, stranger. There's a city in the background made out of keyboards and musical instruments, jellyfish. Yeah, they're kind of pixelated. They kind of look like disco. They're disco jellyfish. Isn't that one of the songs that's remixed? Yes. Chocolate Box has an instrumental version called Disco Jellyfish. So they definitely, like, they took that pretty literally from the name of that and stuck it. Yep. Onto this album That's right. cover. And, and on some, many of his live performances during this era, there were giant jellyfish hanging from the rafters and yeah, sort of the, it's really the cool. theme. Yeah, very cool. It's kind of an ocean or river and a, some kind of bird with a mechanical sort of head. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, all of this is imagery that was on the Lotus Flower dot com website at the time yeah. too so it was consistent it was very like you said last time very saturated artwork computer generated very smooth and produced mm-hmm. i guess you could say yeah i think it's fun obviously we'll put some pictures of this 
up on social media. So if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, The Mountains and the Sea. Or you can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. Or if there's something that you need to know that you just can't reach out to us on social media and would like to send us an email, we are happy to get that from you. You can send it to us at tmats, T-M-A-T-S podcast at gmail.com. So do we want to jump into the music? Let's do it. All right. So track one, very humble opening to this album. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Prince talking about how much help he's had from everybody and (laughs) (laughs) how he could never do it alone. That's right. So track one is called There'll Never Be Another Like Me. Uh huh. And There'll Never Be is in parentheses. Oh, yes. Another Like Me is, I guess, technically the same of the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess by 2009, by the time this rolled around, we're used to hearing Prince's I'm the Best or Playfully Boastful songs like My Name is Prince and Daddy Pop and a handful of others. I think this kind of falls in that category, at least lyrically. For sure. Definitely sets the musical direction for the album. All of these songs sound like they do fit together really well. Agreed. So, and and not in a way that makes them all the same, but just the way they're produced, the instruments used, the production techniques, that kind of stuff. So, this starts out with that. I mean, it does sound like the, a new Minneapolis sound approach from Prince trying to redefine that kind of thing, which he set forth in the 80s with kind of a Lindrum programming and synthesizers yep. and a little bit of guitar solos. Uh, some acoustic guitar like the majority of the song but this is Prince clearly I think tongue in cheek a little bit oh, well you know he's a, it's a pep talk to start the album yeah he's gotta talk himself up to mm-hmm. get get going get us so. in the right mood get us get him in the right mood here yeah. we are yep yeah. We learn a little bit about his daily routine, it seems like, in this album. <laughs> yeah. He's not up early in the morning. I mean, he's up early in the morning, but not what normal people would call early in the morning. <laughs> 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. That's Prince sleepy time. <laughs> yes, because he was up till 5. That's right. So he's up late in the afternoon. He slipped out of his bed. Turned up the stereo. About to wake the day. So yeah, he likes is, his music loud. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn that he puts olive oil in his hair yeah i I don't think that that's unusual i don't think so either it's just he'd never mentioned it in a song before Uh, yeah well there we go yeah Yeah. i guess it's better than putting popeye in your hair (laughs) i guess so (laughs) (laughs) so this is about him starting his day checking his email yeah he wants Uh, to find out where the party is right nice Because tonight it's on, and um, here we go. He's got this kind of chant chorus about, uh, he's the best, there'll never be another like him. Yeah, well, that's what this whole song's about. Yeah, yeah I like that uh, he uh, reminds us that he definitely keeps a different time schedule than we do, because at 10.30, he's just on his way out the door. About half past 10, and I'm on my way. All I could think was, man, at 10.30 at night, I'm done. Yeah, That's, that's the, the that's... end of my day. I'm usually asleep as Colbert is starting. <laughs> same here. We're in the same room. 
Yeah, I think uh, the time shiftingness of Prince is evident here. His day starts at whatever. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I guess we mid afternoon yeah. and then goes until three or four in the morning. Yeah. Well, good for him. You know, I mean, it's just like it's like shift work, except you know, it's his own shift. He it makes is. the choices about what he's going to do, and he does it very well, so we won't complain. <laughs> Good thing I ate my spinach. You're thicker than before. Mm-hmm. Man, talk about some shade with a Popeye reference. <laughs> and in the Popeye and olive oil. And in the background, he says, don't get mad or don't be mad. Something yeah. Like that. Don't get mad. Also, he uh, has dime and penny references yeah, which sort of I mean, dates the song a little bit where he claims that he and the girl he's singing to are both dimes which are you know uh-huh. good looking people yeah everyone else is a penny yeah they're just you know yeah. average you and me we both dimes said we were all the mother pennies yeah well one tenth as good as that. i was like that's pretty good you don't want to be quarters Mm, I don't know are there like i feel like i'm a sacagawea I'm a dollar <laughs> there, piece there you go Excellent. I, it was fun. A lot of words. Fast. I thought that you might like it, at least from the fact that there are a lot of words and it's up-tempo. Uh-huh. Um, it does seem to go on a little long for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, especially with some of the drum programming, it starts to get a little monotonous towards the end. It's a six-minute opener. Um, and it doesn't go in a whole lot of different directions. It does have a pretty cool guitar solo in the middle, which a lot of these songs do have a nice electric guitar solo on the, on the latter half or at some point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's six minutes and two seconds. It didn't need to be any longer, I guess, is a fair uh, way. Could've, I it could have been a little shorter. Could have been you a little know, shorter. You know, Prince talking himself up could have been a little shorter. I was okay with that, but it's fine. Yeah, the chorus you know, repeats fun. a lot of times towards yeah, the end. Fair. Um, fair. Yeah, the, I think it could have been edited down a little bit and wouldn't have suffered much. Yeah. Uh, but still, fairly harmless and yeah. just silly fun. Yeah, exactly. And then we come to the second track, Chocolate Box. Named Chocolate Box, but he never says it that way. <laughs> no. In the song, yeah, I box guess. Of chocolates. Yeah, Box of yeah. So I don't, I don't um, know why, but... And then, as we mentioned already, this is the only place on the album where Prince got any help. Mm-hmm. A Q-tip of A Tribe Called Quest right. does a little rap. Yep. So, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a cool... It's a little weird that Prince is... You know, this is another sort of boastful song that he's uh-huh. got what it takes to win over a yeah. woman. But then he brings in another man to help him out in the song. Seems a little strange to me. No, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother you? No, it didn't bother me. Okay. M- mainly, and I'll tell you why, because I have a theory. But before we get to that, there was, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a kind of a fun video uh-huh. where Prince snuck on stage with Q-Tip at a concert with Q-Tip and DJ Scratch. And they were performing their 1990 hit Vibrant Thing at the House of Blues in Las Vegas. And Prince, like, snuck up on stage Mm -hmm. and took the guitar from one of their guitar players and did this little, like, just a minute or a minute and a half of playing. And then he disappeared. Like, he, you know, appeared on stage and disappeared. And it was really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I have not seen that. Yeah, it was it was fun. If you want to see it, you know, check out our social media. And I'll have to subscribe. There. I'll have to yeah. like our page. Yeah. What a great you idea. You should totally do that. Yeah. So, 
Um, you mentioned that the box of chocolates uh, is what he has to rock uh, the socks of <laughs> any girl that want to come his way. Yeah, right. exa- exactly. That obviously there's a sexual connotation with that. You Certainly. Know, like, but I think perhaps the box of chocolates isn't really sexual in nature. And that's why the appearance by Q-Tip didn't bother me at all. Because I think really what he's talking about is his music, that his music is like a box of chocolates. They're all wrapped in chocolate. He is the thing that connects them all together. But they all have like different feelings because he is talented enough to give us a box of chocolates Mm -hmm. in his music. She wants a box of chocolates every day. She wants to listen to his music every day and he is the thing that connects it all together but there's always something different on the inside there's always something new something fresh something exciting you don't get bored eating hershey bar after hershey bar after hershey bar because there's nougat in one and caramel in one and coconut in one and you know it's i think it was it's supposed to kind of sound sexual, but I don't think it's really sexual. I think it's about his music. I see. Well, um, I have never thought of Prince as the Russell Stover of <laughs> rock and roll, but I see where you're coming from, and I definitely get the connection. He also made references back when Forrest Gump came out. He had a lot of fun with Box of Chocolates and The Feather and Forrest uh-huh. Gump uh, are mentioned in, in songs that he sang. So I think that's that's probably a good analogy and makes a lot of sense. There was, for a long time, I thought that he was saying one thing towards the end of the song. <laughs> And he's really not saying the thing that I thought he was saying. I think I know exactly what you're saying. He goes through this song questioning, kind of like, what's the deal? Are you going to come with me or not? Through a lot of these lyrics. Right. And towards the end, where he says, what's the deal? Are you gay or popping pills while you still want to take my hand? This discotheque is about to make me a wreck. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it It sounds like erect. Erect. Yeah. This discotheque is about to make me a wreck. But that's not And I think that's a intentional plan. I think so, too. I think it's very intentional. This was deep in the middle of Prince's shying away from any kind of overt sexual reference. And it had to be more playful or implied to fit into his music. So, Uh, But he did have the ability to play with words like that and make it sound like it was the old Prince when really that's not what he was saying. Yeah, he wasn't. the intent was there. (laughs) Of course it was. Yeah. And then, uh, what did you think about the, uh, towards the end, where he says, What difference does it make? You know you can't make chocolate cake if ain't nobody ever showed you how. I, I don't know, really know what that means. I, I don't either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> again, I'm like, is he the Russell Stover that we're all looking for? Uh-huh. Is he the artist formerly known as Duncan Hines with his cake mix? <laughs> <laughs> It could be any of those things. I guess they're just saying, you know, you can't. He's trying to say, there's no way you could know about me without knowing me. Take my hand. Let me show you. Oh, yeah. Or you can't know about him unless you've been introduced to him in some way. And so, you know, there he's not being played on the radio. Somebody's got to introduce you to him. Yeah. Those days. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Um, this is another one I thought was a fun song, and like track one, I thought it went on a little too long. Again, it's six minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, that was my uh, only And there's a little bit of instrumentation at the end that's almost just like dropping out different parts and just playing around. So if you like the song, then that's great. There's no harm to come from it. But when I look at it, I'm like, could this have been cut down a little bit? I think it could have and wouldn't have hurt. Yeah. At all. But still, it's just a fun track. And, yeah. you know, it can t- it's the middle of this trio of upbeat songs that open the album. Right. It's good. And speaking of upbeat songs, we move into Dance For Me. Right. We walk yeah. right into uh, Church With Prince yeah. in the beginning here, right? <laughs> yeah, but He's- it's funny. It's Church With Prince, but it's a straight up horn dog song. It is. But he opens it up with it, and it's his voice altered, sort of Camille. Uh-huh. Camille sounding voice where he says, Oh, funky congregation, let us bow our head in prayer. Oh, funky congregation, let us bow our heads in prayer. And thank the Almighty for you. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So it's a praise song for uh, the object of his affection, Uh, I think is the best. And I think it starts out with, you know, a few of Prince's favorite things. He lists them for us. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. When dot dot dot, uh huh, you dance because it gets me hot. It gets me hot. You shake everything you got. You shake everything you got. You dance because it's so sexy. It's so sexy. You dance for me <laughs> when you think I'm all alone. Uh huh. I like it when you think I'm all alone. <laughs> there you go. That's nice. It's, it's He's like... rarely that. I mean, he said Direct, before, it's yeah. not, I'm not hard to love. I'm pretty simple to please. And here, there's a list. It could be a bulleted list of things. Things that, that Prince wants a girl to do for him. Yep. Dance. Yep. Be exactly. hot. Yep. Be sexy. Yep. yep. Assume that we're the only ones around. Yeah. Fair. Talk, talk to me about your inner thoughts. Yeah. Knock on my door. Yeah. Yeah, pursue me. Prince <laughs> wants to be pursued. He does. Yeah, from time to time, I think that's true. Yeah. Here he, or I think he likes that. He thinks that women like to think he likes to be pursued. Anyway. Okay. Took me a second to follow along with that, but okay. Uh, I thought it was really structured. Oh, the like song. The, was yeah, really like the like the kind of the well, the way the lyrics go. It was pretty structured. You mm-hmm. know, I like it when you. I like it when you. I like it when you. It's uh-huh. free. It kind of follows the structure. Yeah, I, I liked it. Of the first three songs on the album that are sort of the upbeat intro to this Minneapolis sound that Prince is constructing here, this was my favorite oh, of the first really? three. Okay. Yep. I just think it's fun. It doesn't get old at any point, which I felt like the first two songs did towards the end. Okay. Um, this one is a full minute shorter or more than the first two songs. Um, right, and I still felt like it was a little too long. Oh, I didn't. I okay. like this one a lot, and I thought the guitar solo in this one was the strongest of the first three, too. Okay. But hey, that's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, then we have fourth song, You're Gonna See Me, uh-huh. a ballad that was originally on One Night Alone, but was re-recorded here. Right. The original so version have... was mostly piano on okay. his album, One Night Alone, from 2002. That was just a piano, mostly piano album. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this is a re-recording of it with the very Purple Rain-esque Lindrum sound added uh-huh. to it. And 
re-sung too. We didn't reuse any of you know what was recorded originally. This was a complete re-recording. Right. So I thought this was a very neat. I mean, first ballad on the album uh-huh. and well written. It wasn't new to me when I first heard it. I was like, oh, we get this again, but it's radically different. So that made it fun to me to hear a, a different uh, take on the song. Yeah. I don't know if you went back to I listen to the original. I did not go back no. and listen to it. Okay. How did you feel about ballad number one? Um, well, you know generally how I feel about ballads. Not your favorites? N- not my favorite, but it was, it was fine. I thought, I thought it was sad. I don't know. How so? Like, uh, just it seems like he felt like they could be doing better if they would see one another. Nah. Like they weren't spending enough time together. They weren't mm-hmm. s- seeing one another enough, either literally because they weren't together or figuratively like they weren't even really talking. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it's a little sad. Oh, I thought that You're Gonna See Me was like more of revealing his true self and feelings than a physical yeah. being together. Well, yes, but I think that was kind of, it was both. They were physically right. not together and they were Clearly they also were, yeah. not communicating. And how does he want to be communicated <laughs> with? On the two-way. On two-way. <laughs> Again, I thought that is, was uh, that really dated this song. To, it does, but it, I wouldn't expect him to have. He never did have a cell phone. He said so. I could see him having a buzzer, a pager, essentially have one on his desk. I don't see him, you know, carrying it around in his pocket with his wallet or anything. And, uh, he didn't carry a wallet. <laughs> I don't think he even had pockets. Um, there was no room for pockets in most of those outfits. I think I've seen him with his hands in his pockets a few times, but his hands were the only thing in there. I thought that it was a real, the ending of the song, this was one of my favorite lines from the original album, this this was from One Night Alone in 2002, where he sings, To prove to you, when it comes to you, there's nothing I won't do. I'd stare into the sun if you would be mine. It's not so great a leap since to all others I'm blind. No, that was really great lyric. That's sweet. I liked the double entendre of "There's nothing harder for you than me." There's nothing harder for you than me. Yeah, like yeah, he was hard like, after her, but well, also well, or that he like he was physically. Oh. Sexual, no, sexually attracted to her, uh-huh. and that she was also challenged by him. Okay, like that he was he was a hard thing for her to understand and deal with. Right, and that's true. Yeah, so I kind of liked that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That Russell Stover, he's hard to get into. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, so we go from. This is the album sort of enters this ballad section. We have these three songs that lead off the album that are all very up-tempo and fun. Yep. Then you're going to see me's track four, and track five is here, which is another essentially ballad. Yeah. Lots of Lynn drums again, but a really uh, nice acoustic guitar on top of it, which yeah. was something that you didn't really hear, at least from albums like Purple Rain. It was all very almost mechanical sounding. And here we have a little bit more organic sounds mixed with the Lindrum yeah. um, throughout this. So yeah. um, another ballad. So I guess you're sort of on the ho-hum side of this. From um, the beginning. I, I liked this one better than the last one. Okay. I liked that he 
the way he talked about her, that uh-huh. she was kind of lovely in a thousand ways, all these ways she was gorgeous. And every time he saw and expressed one thing that he liked about her, he realized there was something else also that he liked about her, which I was like, oh, that's really sweet. That is exactly my summation of yeah. the song. That Like one question that he thinks, which is, how beautiful are you? How beautiful are you? leads him to certainly this entire song, but also the more he thinks about it, the more surprised he is at different things that he finds beautiful about this person, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really sweet and very cool on an album like this. Yeah, I thought so too. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's almost too wonderful to be around. I just don't want you here. I just don't want you near me, baby. She's just... She's too much. Exactly. This whole thing is Prince sort of talking himself out of refusing someone because of their amazing beauty until we get to the very last chorus or two. Mm -hmm. When he even says in the background, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me, no. That was something that I went back and listened to before we uh, sat down to record this podcast was to make sure he said that. And I heard it a couple times uh, in reviewing the album again where he changes his mind and the chorus changes from I just don't want you here to I just want you here. Yeah. And it's like, oh, forget it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just get, yeah, come here. Come on over. It's harder to be without you than to be with you. Yeah. Um, I, I liked this overall. As, as a ballad goes, it was good. I could have done without the spoken word bit. It seemed to interrupt the flow to me a little bit. And normally I really like it when mm. Prince does... A spoken word bit. It feels really intimate. It's nice to hear his voice just speaking. Uh-huh. But I didn't work oh, for me. In I'm surprised. Because uh, even so, I thought some of those lyrics or spoken words were interesting too. Where he says, If you can learn to open your eyes underwater, then you and me will drown without each other. It was like, let's just be together, and we know this will come to an end at some point, is almost what he's saying, because we're mm-hmm. going to drown, but if we do it together, then it's the, the end will come for all of us, but yeah. I want to do it with you. Aww. I like the spoken word part, and that kind of leads, he almost, that's the part that where he talks himself into, oh, I do want you here. I don't yeah. want you not here. Yeah. Don't listen to me. Only listen to the last 45 seconds of the song. <laughs> Forget what I said before, <laughs> even though I recorded it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then we have a fun little track. We pick up the tempo again. Valentina, dedicated to Salma Hayek and her sweet daughter, Valentina. Right. Uh, Prince had known uh, Salma Hayek for years before. And this is him sort of strangely addressing her daughter uh, to tell her mom to give him a call. Right. So before this song, you know, we had Prince kind of eloquently complimenting his love interest. And here he resorts to, hey, (laughs) hey, elementary school child, (laughs) tell your mom (laughs) in a fun way. Yeah. In a fun way, not in a creepy way. I think if you don't know the story of their history, maybe it could come off as a little creepy. See, oh, see, and it did. I don't. I got the impression from the first time I listened to it, even not realizing that Valentina was some some yeah daughter that it was that it was obviously a very young child yes because it's a mom chasing her down the hall yeah when she gets tired of running after you down the hall okay so that maybe is iffy but then he talks about late night feedings right all worn out from the late night feedings 
ladies. So I'm like, no, this is a baby he's talking to, which it literally was a baby. She's like 10 now. So she was literally an infant when this was recorded. You're right. You're right. I was hoping that you would hear it that way. The more I listened to the song, I thought, wow, Christy is either going to think it's okay and kind of cute and fun considering their relationship, or it's going to be you maybe feeling that. Prince uh-huh. has no idea what's important to a new mom. Oh. And it certainly isn't hanging out with some oh. dude. No, I felt like uh, very much that this was him praising somebody for being a working mom and just absolutely killing it. That yeah. she was chasing her kid down Good. the hall, but she was still... Too ready for another rock and roll meeting. She was a movie queen, that she was, you know, gorgeous and everybody wanted to be with her and get with her and be like her. Mm -hmm. And I I really thought it was, I could see how, like, if you didn't pay attention very much, Valentina, tell your mama to give me a call, might seem like, ooh, he's telling a teenager to have their (laughs) mom call him for a booty call. No, that wasn't at all what the song was and i think even a cursory glance or a concentration on the lyrics while you're listening to it at all would make that pretty clear so it didn't bother me oh good i was i was ready for a debate on this one i'm glad i don't (laughs) have to have one (laughs) no (laughs) did you look at uh, i went to see what salma had said about this song okay um, she did an interview with W Magazine, and it was Fun. coincidentally the day that Prince passed away in oh. April of 2016. There, she was working on, I don't know if it was a film, I think it was a film, um, and this interview was set up, and hours before the interview um, was when the news broke that Prince had been found um, non-responsive at Paisley Park. And so the interview was not supposed to be about him at all. It was supposed to be on this project that she was working on. And the interviewer knew, thankfully, that she had a history with him and had directed Teomo Corazon, the video from 3121, which we talked about in a previous podcast. So he asked, the interviewer asked uh, her about her recollection of Prince. And I'll read you part of her response. Um, She said, she was talking about the, the video and around the time of 2005, 2006, when they worked together on it. She said, it was very special. He was so, so supportive of me. He was always telling me that I should go back to directing because I had done one little thing for television. And then one day he called and he said, okay, today's the day. You have to do the song for me. And I said, oh God, I don't know a music video. I don't watch them. I cannot do this. Talking about Tayamo Corazon. It's not my thing, you know, and he's known for being such a control freak. So I said, if I'm going to do this, you have to listen to what I say. What if we're fighting? And he interrupted and he said, no, we're going to choose the thing and do the thing. So I said, okay, let's go have fun. And so the woman in the video that's Prince's love interest is one of her best friends. And his her first AD was a friend of the two of them. And the makeup artist was another friend. So she said it was just a bunch of friends who went to Morocco. There was no fight. It was very easy. He was really relaxed and he didn't even realize it was work. A lovely, lovely memory. No, that's nice. I thought that was very cool. Aww. Yeah. I also love, I love songs that end with Prince saying the end or that's it, (laughs) Uh which actually he does on his last album, the very last song. The last lyrics are that's it. Uh Um, And this song ends with, you know, tell your mama she should give me a call. That's all. I'm out. (laughs) Mic drop or phone drop. I'm out of here. I thought there were some fun turns of turns of phrase. Okay. There was uh instead of bodyguards it was What's the booty guard? Yeah, curl the buzzers away. 
Yes. I thought that was just kind of a fun turn of phrase. Yeah. And then the pop culture references are kind of fun. Sure is Betty's ugly. Show is Betty's ugly. Uh-huh. And if Penelope wants to cruise, because right. Penelope Cruz and some Hayek friends. Right. If Penelope wants to cruise, there ain't no way we ain't gonna dance. Yeah, yeah, let's all go together. Yeah, yeah, and Ugly Betty was a super popular television show. Right. 08, 09. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was a review of the song that I read too. I th- I don't even remember where it was, uh, but said, you know, if he's serious about this and invites Penelope Cruz to go along, you know, more power to him. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. No one can do it but him. <laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of time capsule-ish references oh. in this song. Which we'll um, get to here shortly. Yeah, we'll we'll choose a time yeah. capsule. Well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you like this song because I was, like I said, worried yeah. that that you might take it the a different way. Yeah, I could see how you might think that. But then we have "Better with Time," another ballad. Another ballad, and, uh-huh. and the second song on the album written about an actress. Yeah, which is interesting for yep. a relatively short album. This time. The song's dedicated to Kristen Scott Thomas, who was his co-star in Under the Cherry Moon. Yep, she played Mary Sharon. Yep. It's the only song on the album without a chorus. Yes. Which I thought was really cool. And sort of the opposite approach to Valentina, where here we have honest flattery, not pretty girl chasing, which is sort of what I felt like about Valentina. Oh, see, I felt like Valentina was just like, hey, you're killing it, girl. You're killing it with motherhood. You're Uh killing it with... Your career, Mm -hmm. just keep it up. Mm -hmm. And I felt like this was... So the story behind this is that Prince went to some sort of live performance that Kristen Scott Thomas was doing. Yeah, it was a play called The Seagull on Broadway. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he went and saw her backstage. Yeah. And she told him, you haven't changed at all and look at me, I look so different. Yeah. And then he wrote this to kind of encourage her. Uh Uh-huh. To tell her, you've changed, but you've gotten better. And you're the one who said, I haven't changed. In other words, I think I've changed. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the very opening of the song. Where right. he sings, this, he sings, this might seem strange since so much, so much time has passed. And since only one of us still looks the same. Your words, not mine. So I thought that was sweet, you know, and as you mentioned, no chorus, it's a poem set to music. Yeah, it really Really. is. And Kristen Scott Thomas was asked about it in 2009, where, and her response was, if it's true, it's fantastic. I guess she hadn't heard the song at the time. And she recounted him coming to see her at her performance of The Seagull that you mentioned earlier. And she said, a lot of people knew what we were doing and he just turned up. He's incredibly intelligent and talented. If he's written a song for me, it's just the most wonderful present. He's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant at what he does. What's really great about getting older is that down the road, you get to meet people you haven't seen for a long time, and they're still doing something that you really admire. And I thought that spoke to both what he's singing to her and her looking at him and his body of work in the 23 years since they worked together on Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah, I, I thought it was just really sweet. And, you know, he's talking about her looks, but he's also talking about... Her character. Yeah, how cultured she is. Yeah, exactly. He makes a point of... Yeah, her intelligence is part of her beauty. That is for sure in the song, which I appreciated a lot. Right, and her talent. Mm -hmm. It's not just about her physical looks, which, you know, Prince can get a little hung up on sometimes. So it's nice to see this 
Yeah, especially you know? on an album that starts off with these boastful tracks, that, you know, all in good fun. Right. But then you get to these very sincere tributes to women that he admires that I think any woman would appreciate hearing yeah. from an admirer. Well, and I mean, and they're both of these are pretty non-sexual. They're pretty platonic mm-hmm. sort of relationships. Like he recognizes them, but he's not necessarily like after these girls, these right. women, they're mm-hmm. not girls, they're women right. that he's recognizing their achievements mm-hmm. and trying to bolster them and build them up and encourage them, but not a, I want to get with you sort of way, which yeah. is, you know, kind of nice. Yeah, very mature. And I thought his falsetto vocals on every ballad on this album, and including this one, because it's such a sparse song, very yeah. slow paced. So his voice has to carry right the entire song and it's pretty stunning yeah it's great the very end of the song this big crescendo that kind of it's almost sounds like a musical type song at the end um, which i thought was interesting since you know broadway play inspired him to write this where he sings this might seem absurd to someone so cultured and to one who would grace any stage with the hair that frames that face dark brown or silver lace what is age but a cage? Never mind. You'll be blind to not know that you get better with time. I yeah. thought that was really nice. Yeah. doesn't matter if you're gray-haired or yeah. brunette like you used to be. Yeah. You're still... Yeah. And he sings it really well at the end, too. So Agreed. I, I, I give mad props to this song. I thought it was kind of a surprise on this album. Yes. The direction that it had been going. Yes. Uh, this was a welcome turn for me. I thought it was good. And then we... Roll into old school company. So this song ends, and it's this beautiful crescendo and falsetto voices, and Prince harmonizing with himself uh-huh. as the only singer on this song, and then we get into. Ooh, song. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think it's a very fun juxtaposition on this album, going from a talking about a cultured woman who gets better and better with time into like, I'm just going to take it on home and out to the streets. and Or sometimes you need to throw everything that's popular out the window and just be with someone who appreciates the way things used to be. Um, This was a lot of nostalgia in this song. There certainly was. Yeah, I thought from the lyrics... To, it even kind of had a 90s sound to it. Yeah, I think on Those, purpose, too. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah, with yeah. the heavy the synth- synthesizer beats. Mm-hmm. Really cool Prince-sounding drums, too. You know, even the start of the song, just yeah. with the little drum beat. I think you're like, oh, this is a Prince song. Yep. And if it isn't, then it might as well have been. Right. This is what he inspired <laughs> in so much of music. Right. A lot of social justice things in here, too. And, you know, back then it was the uh, stock market crash of 2008 had yep. just happened. And all these big corporations and car companies got bailouts from the government. And Prince is saying, hey, all these companies are getting billions of dollars in, of help. But I walk through my neighborhood where people are living and nothing right. has changed at all. Right, it's exactly the same. You think it's bad now? Well, it's just the same as it was before mm-hmm. it happened, and it's just the same after. It's all, it. nothing has changed for the average American. Yeah, nothing at all. Yeah. 700 billion, but my old neighborhood ain't nothing changed but the date. 
Everybody's sinking in the quicksand created by the keepers of time. Mm-hmm. Cast aside by using ancient tricks, changing your state of mind. And I'm like, wait a minute, Prince. On the last album, you told us it was chemtrails changing our minds. Yes. Now it's ancient tricks. So which is it? <laughs> Modern which is helicopters it? Is it, and chemtrails. Is it helicopters or? and chemtrails? Yeah. Or is it ancient mind tricks? Pulling out the Jedi mind tricks. This was during an era where Prince was aging, and his way of dealing with it a lot of times was to say time is a trick, and if you don't count the years, then they don't get to you. And that was sort Uh of his answer for people like Kristen Scott Thomas, who would say, I look at you and you haven't changed at all. And He's like, well, I just I don't pay attention to the years. That's right. I don't count anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I thought it was interesting that he missed the quote-unquote traditional way of life where you get a job, then you get married, then you have a family, and that the radio wasn't owned by all the big corporations. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, but that's still kind of how most people do it. It's still, it wasn't really, I mean, it was more popular to do it that way in the past, but that wasn't the only way that it was ever done. That was just the way it was portrayed on television, maybe. Mm. I don't know. It seems like... He's wishing for a simpler time that maybe never really existed. Yeah, or maybe he saw it in the circles he had been running in. In the years running up to this album, he had spent a lot of time in L.A. and with celebrities and so a lot of that. He was surrounded by a lot of that, and this was him retreating back to Paisley Park and recording something Mm -hmm. in a different kind of space, I think, and more alone. Yeah. I also thought it was fun when he starts talking about... Where's the real drummer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he <laughs> busts through all his drummers. Yes. Then. So I couldn't decide if it was a slam on Michael Bland to the beginning or not. I mean, no, I guess I not so really. No. Because he not. says... Songs we used to sing used to mean something. Now they just bland. Like a drummer. But then he calls out Michael B., who is... Uh-huh. Michael Bland. Oh, he's saying the songs are bland. Yeah, it's just a play on his name. Yeah, I think it was just a... His name. I don't think it's... I think it's very complimentary. Yeah, I agree. He rolls through Michael B., Mint Condition, Morris Day, Jelly Bean Wishing. Jelly Bean Wishing. If anything, it's a... Uh, Yeah. Jelly (laughs) Jelly Bean Johnson Johnson wishes he was that good. Yeah. Which he's... We think Jelly Bean's just fine. Oh, uh, he's very talented. Yes. Um, Sheila E., Brother John is John Blackwell, Blackwell right? You know, and then he says, and then himself. Sometimes, sometimes me. Yep. And from what I can find, Prince never directly worked with Mint Condition, no. which makes them different from that list because everybody else he had a pretty close working relationship with. He didn't work with Mint Condition, who was a Minneapolis band, or Stokely Williams, yep. who was yep. the drummer for that band directly. But he did used to go see them in clubs and Prince would throw $100 bills at them while they were playing as encouragement, like, I think you're doing a good job. (laughs) And so he would crumple up $100 bills and throw them onto the stage while they played in (laughs) Minneapolis, which I thought was kind of fun. That is fun. So, and Stokely was, or still is actually touring with the revolution. That's who yes. we saw singing yes. lead on probably half the songs that they, yes. that they sing together. Which was together. great. Yeah. He did leave out some notable drummers. 
Well, Bobby Z being one of them, uh, I thought of that yep. the first time I heard this. But uh, we know that you know he had been in and out of contact with Revolution members for right. a while, so he may have just been living in the moment there. Which is he did reach back to shout out Morris, Morris Day. Day. Yeah. yeah, he also left out Kirk Johnson, Kirk yep. J, yep. and uh, Cora Coleman Denham, yes. who was his regular drummer at this time. At this right? time, <laughs> I'm yep. like, oh poor poor Cora, she might have. She might have taken that a little personally. <laughs> that she wasn't, she didn't make the list. <laughs> she didn't make the list. Well, he worked with a lot of talented musicians, so this um, album would have been a lot longer if he had to list them all. Fair. Um, but definitely, <laughs> but, this was a highlight of this. I mean, this song had it all to me. Super fun, touches on things happening in the world at right. this time very deeply, and then a call to for something simpler and him saying, well, call me old-fashioned, but we need God, his son, and a loving family to rule the community, and yeah. we'll all be together and working towards something we can all believe in. Right. So yeah. it had it all. Call to come together. Yeah. Fun, uh, inspiring lyrics, and kind of tongue-in-cheek humor, too. Yeah. We had some cultural references, too. I mean, obviously, throughout it, but then... The White House is black. We got to take the radio back. Lots of cultural references in addition to Barack Obama, CeeLo Green, Maxwell, yes. Christian Milan are all mentioned. Right. And then he does, as he's done several times... Where he has a song where he kind of runs through the other songs on the album, mentions them. He right. mentions Another Like Me, Chocolate Box, Dance For Me. Uh-huh. You, He says, You Wanna See Me, which is a reference to You're Gonna See Me. Right. Valentina, 77 Beverly Park, which we know ended up on yeah, Lotus, Lotus Flower. Flower. Mm-hmm. Better With Time, Old School Company. Notably, he left out Here and No More Candy For You, which right. is the next song. Yeah, so maybe they weren't on the album yet. Or, Perhaps. Or not recorded yet. Right, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of the thought was that uh, No More Candy For You at least, and perhaps here, were, were late additions yeah, to this to the album. To this album. So, yeah. yeah, very telling song from this album. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot about this album from yeah. this one song. Yes, you do, mm-hmm. for sure. Then the final track on the album, No More Candy For You. I don't quite know what that means. I thought about this a lot, too, and I've listened to this, I don't know how many times. Let's see. Actually, I was going to look that up before we started talking. So... About 80 times I've listened to this album, from start <laughs> okay. to finish, at least according to iTunes. So who knows how many times outside of iTunes. But yeah, um, you know, it starts off with him saying, Nine out of ten mortals agree today. Too much fame causes spiritual decay. So it's him taking a shot at, I think, people who fall into fame and don't have the talent or the discipline to make it through life yeah. without it. Okay. And no more candy for you to me was, especially when we get to all the haters on the internet, somebody's looking at you, no more candy for you. Right. Um, where Prince's people at this time, this was a, about the beginning of him using Web Sheriff to go after right. folks who were circulating his music, both released and unreleased online illegally. Right. So I think it's like no more candy for you means you better appreciate what you have especially from me or you're not going to hear it anymore Mm -hmm. or appreciate you know what life has given you and don't take it for granted and stop acting like an idiot okay my only thought was uh if you're hateful or inauthentic then 
your the good stuff won't come your way. No That's treats true. would come your way. Yeah. So, but I wasn't sure if there was more to it than that. From everything I read leading up to this podcast, everything that we both said is a valid interpretation. Okay. I don't think anyone knows the real meaning behind it all. It's- I thought, uh, to all the punks who believe life imitates music, no more candy for you. We can't hang with you. So... Was ex- music an expression of life and not the other way around? I think that's like, what he's saying. Like he's saying that if you're if you make it all about the music, but you don't have a life to to back that up to be something that informs your music, then mm-hmm. you're really not going to be as successful or as meaningful as you could and should be. Right. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll buy into that. Okay. This was the lyric that was most confusing to me okay um, where he when he sings you know <laughs> was jackass popular in 2009 like people doing dumb that. things I, that was my initial thought was just people who are doing dumb stunts to become famous or okay. you know, there it doesn't take talent to do what you do oh, to become famous. So maybe famous. that was that might have been kind of the know. beginning of the viral video. Yeah. You know, as people more and more people around this time were really starting to get high speed internet and able to watch stuff on YouTube more easily without yeah. all the buffering and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah. That's I think that's as a good and yeah. If anyone estimation else has any. a better uh, interpretation, I'm definitely open to yes to hearing it. Yeah, excellent. Okay, I'm trying to figure out the sound on this song a little bit. It kind of sounded a bit like a musical at the beginning, just like the sound of the music sounded like a musical to me. And then it kind of sounded like cheesy 70s rock at the end. I don't know. I was I couldn't quite figure it out. There's something that kind of annoyed me a little bit, to be honest. Oh, it didn't annoy me at all. I think it's, um, this is the kind of music that I think Wendy from Wendy and Lisa said in a rehearsal session once. I hate this kind of music. <laughs> and it's the Prince Rockabilly. It kind of falls into the category with Delirious and a B-side that he had called Horny Toad. Yeah, but I like those songs and I didn't like this one. Well, I can't explain your brain to you, but I think that these <laughs> this song fits into that category of music. Was I asking you to explain my brain to me? Yeah, I'm just letting you know before you ask. <laughs> okay. I don't know why this turned you off and it's, it has almost a delirious kind of sound to it to me a little bit it sounded familiar but not in a good way huh okay it sounded like something else and i can't figure out what else it sounded like it sounded like something else and i couldn't figure out what it was but it wasn't something that was pleasant to me Mm. so maybe there's a uh deep-seated something in my brain that I associate this with, and my brain is protecting me from it by not letting me remember what that is. Oh, I think your brain ought to let go of whatever's (laughs) annoying you, and you can just enjoy the song. Well, that brings us to our format. We have rules. We choose three things. Yep. We choose a time capsule. 
we choose the sea, the low point of the album, and we choose a mountain, the high point of the album. So the time capsule, which is the first thing we choose, uh-huh. is always something that either exemplifies the time at which it was recorded or when it was released, which for most of this album is yeah, about the same time. Right. So... That's what that is, and I always go first. Yes, they're you, my rules. You so have, I have the to floor. So right. uh, my time capsule, because of so many 2009 references, was Old School Company. <laughs> okay, that's definitely right. You have the bailout of big corporations. You have yeah, Barack Obama. Barack just Obama. Took the the White, White House. House is black. Yeah, yep. all the singers. That he referenced, the drummers yeah. that he referenced. Uh-huh. I considered that, was... that for my time capsule also. It was probably second on my list. It made okay. number two. My time capsule is better with time. Okay. Um, just because it was inspired by uh, something Prince did uh, around, that, around time. that time. You know, went to see this live performance with an actress he had worked with before. Right. And it got him thinking about their relationship and came up with the song that was very encouraging to her. But just the fact that it, you know, he was reflecting on a 20 plus year old relationship um, and it resurfaced here on an album from 2009 just made me think that makes a good time capsule and yeah. it also has the word time in it oh there you go it's like hit prince picked it for you almost almost all right the c the bit that we like the least not that it's bad just the thing that spoke to us the least yes for me oh big surprise no more candy for you and it was just shocked. And it just, it felt uninspired. There's something about the music, like I said, that's familiar, but not in a good way. Hmm. Okay. I just, and, okay. And it kind of felt like an afterthought. It wasn't included in the old school company. It was just, kind of almost felt like it was just tacked on the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm irritated that people are sharing stuff on the internet now that they have faster internet to be able to share all the stuff. And uh-huh. I'm not really doing the sharing of the stuff that much anymore. Just kind of fell flat for it you. It fell flat for me. Well, if someone took candy away from me, I'd be upset too. So I don't blame you. <laughs> I had prepared my C to be Valentina, actually. Oh, really? Well, again, I was thinking about our conversation of of this song, and I really was convinced that it was going to be uh, kind of a creeper song a little bit, a weird approach to chasing a woman, especially when he's got other songs in this album that are just these honest compliments. And in this one song, we have him chasing an actress through her infant daughter, which I thought just came off a little weird to me. Um, okay. But I said, you know, I'll save, I'll, I'll make a decision during our conversation. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm changing it to Chocolate Box. Oh, really? I like the music, uh-huh. and I like Prince's part. Q-Tip turns me off. Oh. Sorry, I'm not a big Q-Tip fan. Uh-huh. And I don't need Prince getting the help from another man to chase uh-huh. This woman that he's after okay. in the song. And I also don't understand the little line that they both come back to a lot. Where the drums. Where the drums. And the whole song is drums from start to finish. It's really led by drums. Uh-huh. So I never wonder where they are. They're always right there. Well, I think they're uh, just pointing them out, but okay. There they are. I don't. That's like saying, okay. where's the air? I don't know. It's all around you. Look, <laughs> it's there. You don't need to ask the question. 
it's not again i like this album in general there's not a song that i skip per se but if i had to replace one if i could reach into the vault and uh-huh. pick another song to put on this album and i had to give one up that this would is be the, the one, one you'd give up yep. okay that's fair mm-hmm. all right the mountain the thing that we like the best i'm very curious to see what yours is well mine is chocolate box because oh. i really like that song i think it's fun it's fast there's a ton of lyrics it's interesting and i don't think it's about him chasing a woman necessarily at all i think it's him talking about his music and the diversity that he makes in it well and his I box of chocolates is gonna knock the socks off of any girl who wants to come his yeah, way yeah. not any person with ears yeah, but he, that's that's him playing with the language okay i don't think that that's necessarily and let's face it who did prince make his music for mostly oh it was for the chicks it was for himself and the chicks yes it was it was it was all about the girls but that's kind of all his music is not that that's all it is but he didn't make it for the dudes he made it because there were girls who wanted to hear it so that was that he used a feminine pronoun didn't bother me at all Okay, it doesn't yeah. bother me. That's not the part that bothered me. I okay. told you the part that bothered me. Yeah. But I don't want to poop on your chocolate box. <laughs> <in there. laughs> don't poop on my chocolates. That's <laughs> disgusting. All right, what was your mountain? Uh, my mountain by far was Old School Company. Oh, that's a um, fun song. E- this is the one song probably on this whole triple set that if you just, if you tell me I, I have to pick a song and it has to be on repeat all day long, I would not get tired of it. Yeah. I just think it's fun. It's clever. It's yep. a great throwback kind of song. Prince calling for the way things used to be might sound a little silly, but he makes it work in the song. And the fact that other social issues are in it and political issues are in it just makes it more fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it's a great, great song. Totally fair. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. I like that song a lot. I'm sad that you didn't like Chocolate Box more, but you know what? That's why that's why he has a box of chocolates of yeah, albums. Pick another. So that you can eat, you know, I don't like the coconut in my box of chocolates. Give me the nugget. This is this is like your coconut. I'll take the so, coconut. Yeah. <laughs> You'll take my coconut. And yep. There you go. So alright. Well, we did it. We made our selections. We talked about all the songs in the album. Now we're going to move on to Bria Valente's Elixir. Yep. As we finish out the songs. So Mm -hmm. next time we'll do Elixir. And then one more pod after that we'll dedicate to all of the other... Yeah, lots of different oh, stuff. There's, there's a, videos, there's non-album tracks, there's instrumental versions, there's live appearances on there's, Jay Leno, there's Montreux, 2009. If we can fit that all into one episode, I'll be amazed. We'll have to pick and choose carefully. Yeah, yeah. And maybe some things we'll just touch on okay. briefly. So so next time, brush up on Bria Valente. And if you have thoughts, if you disagree with us, if you do agree with us, if you have you think we totally messed up somewhere or have the wrong idea about one of these songs, let us know. We can't say that we're going to like it, but we'll definitely hear you out. We'll read your email. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, thank you for spending your time with us. We know that listening to a podcast is a choice, and we appreciate when you do that. So we hope that you have a great couple of weeks, and we'll be 
back at you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.